0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to a special edition of Red Maryland Radio. We are live at Union Jack's Pub in Annapolis. We are here for the Governor Larry Hogan 2018 launch party, and we are excited to be part of this, the uh, The only podcast emanating from today's conference. I am your host, Brian Gribbis. With me... Greg Klein, it's good to be here. It is fantastic to be here. Lots of friends, it's kind of like a homecoming. Uh, actually, everybody's
1: coming together to celebrate and to launch like a warm, sweaty homecoming. <laughs> actually, we're inside. We're being treated like kings here. We, as as we always do, complain at all. Um,
0: but it is uh, as it is as you said. It's a warm summer, humid day. Um, a lot different from the last time we were at a kickoff event for for Governor Hogan, where it had to be delayed by snow and. Um, you know, it's, I don't it's even, that's right. The the benefits of incumbency and in running in an uncontested primary, an uncontested, um, he will
1: get a hundred percent of the vote in the.
0: He primary. will get a hundred percent of the vote,
1: which um, uh, some no people matter. may not like. But hey, you know, hey. nobody ran against him. <laughs> and nobody, you know, you can write whatever you want on the ballot. It only counts if you're voting for him. So that's the law. Actually, I think it invalidates the entire ballot. So oh dear, well, yeah. Don't so don't do good that, luck then. with that. <laughs> Don't do that. then. <laughs> or do it. I don't know. If you're making that poor of a choice, okay, well, maybe you, know, you shouldn't I, vote anyway. Just, people anyway. Ought to know what they're getting themselves into. Um,
0: <laughs> anyway, we got a lot going on here today. Lots of candidates are here. Lots of folks are going to be here. The the big RV, the bus is here. Is here. Um, yeah. Lots of lots of media here, of course, for the governor's and, kickoff. And
1: we know you can hear the music in the background. We're not trying to emulate the Langer cast. That's just the background noise. It's
0: really the soundtrack to my junior year of high school.
1: Uh, it it's is been kind of it's that been era. all like ninety six yeah it is kind of that era, but um, uh I graduated in eighty nine so we know we know we know <laughs> i 'm much older than you are, but <laughs> when you were when you were doing theater with Nick Kipke, yes, uh, yes, this was the soundtrack of those days so yes that 's again
0: when when Nick Kipke was conrad birdie Conrad and
1: bye bye birdie, bye, bye birdie, and he was that. also in Oklahoma, and I cannot remember for the life of me what show he which <laughs> Who he played in I Oklahoma. doubt we'll see him today because I'm sure he'll be he's out campaigning vigorously I actually got a negative mailer against delegate Kipke from David Tharian
0: really it was probably one of the worst mailers I've ever seen I, uh, on really on its on technical merits because you can barely see on there who it actually is from right which if you're trying to do a negative mailer and trying to go against somebody it's kind of imperative that you say hey who is this for I want your vote
1: but no well nobody, not nobody really said not this guy necessarily was, was but a if pro. You want, but but here's the thing If you want it to not know who it's from, you set up some sort of, you know, some sort of entity.
0: Some sort of entity that someone
1: would have to do some sort of sleuthing. There's actually, by
0: the way, a a John Leopold mailer out in the field. I did not get it, of course. My dear, close personal friend John Leopold, who is from what I from from what my editors at the Capitol tell me was pissed at my column last week. Can't Um, imagine. Can't imagine why. It was a great column, by the way. Thank you. Haven't read it. And thank it's you. Probably
1: one of the best things you've ever written. If I'm being um, honest, thank you. I You have no idea that. how difficult it I, is for me to say.
0: I'm not saying it should be nominated for a Pulitzer, but I'm not <laughs> well, saying I it d- shouldn't either. I, okay. um, <laughs> all right. Right after the <laughs> president kid, gets his, I kid, I his, kid. Uh, Leopold losing is more important than any awards.
1: Um, but he sent a mailer out. Great. <laughs> no, you try to say something nice. Give it you. It, you, take you, a you remember his interview. With the, with the Maryland Crabs with John Frenet. I, I do, I do. And, and, how, and I encourage people to go listen to it. I, there are a lot of follow-up questions I, I would have. Uh,
0: basically, it's an entire 8.5 by 11 mailer. I should I should send you a copy of it, because i got a copy of it. Right. And it's all about his medical records. <laughs> it is just, John Leopold releases medical records, and then, like, four paragraphs of
1: Ten Point Times New Roman about his medical records. Okay. More to follow on that, by the way. I was wrongly convicted of a crime. That's an interesting strategy for someone running for office. But I guess everybody... <laughs> when you've been a professional politician for 50 years in four states, you know... You know hey, how about the guy who wasn't convicted at all? How about voting for that guy? It's a good start. It's it a good seems start. like you have that option. Maybe it's something to consider. It's a good start. But what so. we, but I, look, by comparison, of course, we have a very contested uh, primary where I live in District 33... We've been getting some negative mailers. It was a great piece, um, and by the way, they haven't broken the record yet. I mean, they're still the best is yet to come. I have to believe, but there was a piece where with Jerry, it was Jerry Walker might as well be a liberal Republican, and it had a mule dressed up like an elephant, um, and it went through his record on things that he had voted for with the Democrats and so on okay. and so forth. And uh, I also, my daughter had actually was a registered Republican. Uh, filed for a absentee ballot, and she, as one does, she, and she very promptly—and I have to give kudos—she very promptly got a request from the McConkie campaign, uh, handwritten address requesting her vote because she got an absentee ballot. So there, you know, so That's- one campaign's on the ball doing the, the doing the uh, the absentee voter program. So- Greg,
0: are you going to do an episode of the Conservative Refuge going through your ballot this year? One of my favorite episodes every election. No, by the I get way. in so much trouble
1: for doing that. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I I honestly don't know who I'm going to vote for. I think I've come around. I, I think I got one vote okay. that I'm definite on, and uh, still don't know how else I will vote in that primary. Okay. Uh, I know lots of people I won't. Not lots of people, but I, there are plenty who I won't vote for. So,
0: are you saying that some people who send random emails about pictures of them petting a dog is not going to get your vote?
1: Well. No, that probably wouldn't get my vote. Yeah, <laughs> but probably weren't going to get it anyway. That's that is that is one of the weird things. You know, we get used to weird things when you do internet political stuff. You use, you're used to getting weird things, and and uh, this was one of those things. We we have gotten a lot of weird emails this year. We got a lot of weird phone calls this year.
0: Yeah. Candidates who send pictures of them with their chaplain. Candidates who right. just respond with emoticons. Right. Candidate to a- accuse us of being a part of some sort of cabal to.
1: Well, that's that's a farce. Of course, uh, we're we usually we're either on somebody's payroll. I think we're to
0: thousand one. By the way, in the background. Okay.
1: Now. All right. Good. Um, yeah, we're on somebody's payroll. We haven't gotten that a lot this year. We haven't gotten it as much. I'm You're right. disappointed. I, I'm disappointed. Yeah, we haven't done. It, we haven't been doing enough to earn that. I guess. <laughs> so I'm sure this place is going to be packed. It's uh, going to be a, it's it, going to be a zoo. The doors open. Doors open in about five minutes. In about five minutes yes. from when we're recording this. The actual festivities, I think, begin at 2 o'clock. Yes, I believe that's when, when the speakers speak. Um, um, and then, you know, and then they'll come in. And we, they did the uh, blocking and the run-through of the big announcement earlier. It's going to be great. They've got it all choreographed like a, you know, like a ballet. Before we take a
0: quick, take a quick break, right. I do want to talk about last night... Um, Delegate Ted Sophocles, Democrat from yes. District 32, passed away yeah. um, after a... He's been a, ill for a while. He's been ill for quite a while. Um, you know, long time. Uh, he was county councilman for two terms Correct. in the 80s. He, was the, uh, he twice was the Democratic nominee for Anne Arundel County Executive. Funny story. I actually remember the the earliest political television commercial I can remember Okay, was a Ted Sophocles commercial from when he ran for county executive in 1990. That is the one that,
1: like, sears in my mind. Okay. Um, And 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 certainly by modern standards, a very moderate, maybe even conservative Democrat, at least on some issues. um, One of the last, quote-unquote, conservative Democrats left. Um, really, was. he was running
0: for re-election. He was in a so heavily
1: contested primary. I think.
0: I think it's safe to say his name will not be removed from the ballot based on well, that, seven see, other
1: court actions
0: that are going on right now.
1: Not, not, let, let me ask um, you. This while we're talking about this. Valerie Irvin, of course, you're talking about who is Kevin Kamenetz's running mate who decided to run in her own right, which still boggles my mind. Why she thinks she could win if she thinks she could win. Um, there's lots of theories she's doing it for other reasons. Yes. Simply, I, I think driven primarily because the idea that she could get elected governor is so nonsensical. But uh, she she uh, brought a case, which all these cases now are in this Anne Arundel County Circuit Court. So the Anne Arundel County Circuit bench is very interesting for that reason. Just put a pin in that. Um, <laughs> you want to I, come back to that thought or you just want to let that hang out there? No, it'll, it'll sit there for a while. Okay. But uh, they denied... Um, and I forget which judge it was denied uh, her request, and and basically the argument was the the board of Elections said, look, we can't change the ballots at this point, which is something they'd been saying for a while, and she decided not. Now she decided not to appeal it to the court of appeals, and I'm just I'm curious. So that's why we're saying we're talking about Ted, Ted Sophocles. If somebody yes, he, he's going to be on the ballot. All I he, believe he's going to win the primary. Quite frankly. right? Nathaniel Oakes. Also, they tried to get him removed. Court said can't do it. Uh, too late. Um, so so that's... But it's interesting she didn't appeal it. And I'm curious to get your thought. I think that's a mistake. Not because she was going to win. She was never going to win. The Court of Appeals would have very quickly said the same thing the circuit court did. But it would have kept the story alive. It would have
0: kept the story alive. It would have, it have, kept also kept would have given, the front page. And it also would have given... Speaking of keeping the story alive... Right. If she has a smart lawyer, or at least one who could come up with a reasoning to appeal it to federal court, you can now, one, keep the story alive... And two, you know, look, I agree with you. I agree with what you said a couple of weeks ago, that the courts were going to wind up saying, yep, that's the law, and there's nothing we can do about it, which yeah. is basically what the court said. Yeah. Do I think she's getting screwed? Yeah, I do. Um, because the the law says what it says.
1: Right. Um, but, but courts are very practical when it comes to these things. And I've seen a lot of these cases litigated, and I've and I've been in arguments before the Court of Appeals, our right. state's highest court, by the way, if you didn't know that, and... Um, you know, the courts are very practical. They understand that you know, if if the board of elections is saying ballots have already been mailed, we can't reprint these things. As as absurd as it might be that there's only one printer in the country that can do it, and they're telling them they can't do it, that is the the reality. And the court of appeals isn't going to say we'll do it anyway. I, and and I throw again, the whole thing into chaos. I mean,
0: and I again point out that the Democrats, you know, basically. Creating a kingdom for Linda Lamone,
1: right? Well, they backed off. They haven't tried to blame Hogan for that because they couldn't. Well, they tried. They tried initially, but at this right. point, they're, they haven't. But uh, you know, again, I think Valerie Irvin would have been smart to just, if nothing else, keep her name in the front pages because she's not going to get any coverage otherwise. She's gonna, she's in third place in that most recent poll. It's pretty crazy. That's a we, so, we can have a whole conversation about that. Let's maybe we'll save it for this week's regular show.
0: Our thoughts and prayers with the Safeguist yes, family. Yes, absolutely. Um, It'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. We can talk about the politics of that on a later date. Um, how that plays out, how sure. that plays out because it does make things a little more interesting. It does. But um, we shall see. Well, why don't we go ahead and take a quick break.
2: Let's take a quick break.
0: You are listening to a special edition of Red Maryland Radio live from the Larry Hogan campaign launch party. We will be right back.
2: You can subscribe to all of our Red Maryland Network programming on iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, and the TuneIn Radio app. You can also listen to the Red Maryland Network by visiting blogtalkradio.com slash redmaryland or visit the home base for all things Red Maryland, redmaryland.com.
0: And we are back. Red Maryland Radio live on location at the Governor Larry Hogan campaign launch party at Union Jack, Annapolis, Maryland. Brian Curtis is here with Greg Klein. And joining us on the guest mic right now... The next state senator from the 30th District of Maryland, absolutely, Ron George. How you doing, buddy? Hey, I'm
3: doing great, man. It's been a while. It has been a long time, yeah. yeah I guess I had to run for you to invite me on, huh? Oh, uh,
1: you're all, <laughs> Ron, you're always welcome. Just know that. I know. Just I know. know that.
3: Well, speaking of running,
1: how But is you are campaign? running? So we are yeah, a so, talking so, to you. Oh, okay. So how
3: is the campaign going? Uh, it's exciting. It's very exciting. We've had volunteers door knocking with us, putting up signs, uh, getting all around. I did very well at a forum that was at Saint John's College. Great response, and I, I mean this seriously. We had four Democratic women come up. They said, "I'm running. F- I'm voting for you, and I'm a Democrat." Uh, Patrick Mulford, my campaign manager, will vouch for this. And there is one man who did it. So five people who say they're registered Democrat thought I made the sense. I had the experience, and the other candidates don't have that.
1: Well, let's talk about your race because this is one of those key state senate races around the state in the drive for five, and that that are going to be critical in the next four years. Uh, hopefully, along with a, a, a Hogan re-election, and you're you're running to fill the seat vacated by former Senator Astle, uh, who's you know considered a moderate Democrat, so widely regarded, very popular in the district, and um, you obviously have deep ties in that area as well. And I and I'm curious uh, how you see this matchup going, and it seems to be one of the best pickup opportunities the Republicans have for state senate. And I'm curious if you're, you're if you, what you're saying affirms that.
3: I, I don't let myself think that way. I always okay. think that I'm going to, you know, wake up on the morning after the election and find out I lost by, you know, 40 votes, and I should have been out there one more time. In okay. fact, it's killing me to be in here right now for this. But we've been working yesterday, today, taking a little break right now. Uh, Got to get back on the campaign trail, and we'll be doing it again tomorrow.
1: That's the way to do it. That's the only way to do it. Yeah, this,
0: this is this is this thirtieth district seat. It's kind of one of the points of frustration from the last election because it was an opportunity that we should have picked up the last election. We had a terrible candidate who wound up being a space cadet, um, switched parties, moved After, out of state, right. and we yeah. we we have a candidate a million times better in this election. What, what, uh,
1: for certain. in District Thirty, and it's probably a lot of the same issues around the state. But in District Thirty, what are voters concerned about going into the? election into this year
3: i think district 30 is kind of unique i mean people want to know uh, that they're being listened to and we we're very big with constituent service uh and when i was a delegate in my office and as i'm going door to door i'm having people saying yeah yeah you helped us and it, you know that's huge right there and you know, i ask people to spread the word so it's not just constituent service in itself but i think uh district 30 uh south county they want to know their way of life will be respected and uh, you know i worked on many issues for them down there and got that done uh things done and i can talk a little bit more about that in annapolis they're kind of been slammed you know with this uh mayor gavin buckley and uh tax increases looks like he's going to follow through not the nine percent but he wants the 20 and he wants this hotel which is kind of in your face uh it has nothing to do with historic annapolis uh, at the forum i let my feelings be known and i think that had a lot to do with people uh, appealing to people who knows uh, yeah,
1: I, I mean, we've asked, I've asked, We've interviewed some other candidates in that district about the tax increase that the new mayor, who said he wasn't going to raise property taxes, has announced. They they didn't think it was going to have that big an effect. I was taken aback by that answer, but obviously, I can't imagine it wouldn't. No, It can't absolutely. have an impact.
3: You know, knocking on doors. I've knocked on some soft Republicans, independents, a couple of nights ago. Right. Uh, we were knocking. We knocked. Uh, three three of us uh, covered 120 doors, uh, very quickly. And uh, people were saying, um, don't raise my taxes, don't raise my taxes. Uh, they get it. People are still stinging from their Malley years, uh, from the Moyer you know, and Josh Cohen years in the city. Yeah. Uh, people are stinging about that. I mean, we had a great mayor who was able to balance the books without True. raising taxes Absolutely. for four years. And unfortunately, Mayor Buckley says he's not going to raise taxes. He gets elected, and uh, it's a wake-up call uh, to Democrats. You, know, you, you, you need people you can trust.
1: I, absolutely. I mean, I, and it's it's a reminder of you know what Democrats do, uh, and I and I think you know, I, I think it definitely is an issue that you should be making an issue out of. And the, I know the state party has made it an issue. They pointed out as an example of what we're going to get. I mean, you know, you've got Martin O'Malley endorsing. <laughs> Uh, Russia and Baker, I mean, there's no uh, question it's, it's going to be a third O'Malley term if Governor Hogan's not re elected. I, I
3: think O'Malley did us a favor with that one. That's a wake up call. I in couldn't itself. agree with you more. Yeah. I, well, especially when you consider the fact that,
0: you know, O'Malley couldn't uh, couldn't drag Anthony Brown over the finish line in the general election last time. Plus, it's not exactly like his, his post gubernatorial career has taken off like a rocket. And plus, two with the, um, you know, with with all of the resist types who are out there, and the fact that so many resistors, uh, and we've talked about this before, how forty percent of the Democratic electorate thinks that stopping Trump is the biggest, uh, is the most important thing in the gubernatorial race. Right. Um, it certainly probably doesn't doesn't help Russia and Baker any. And let's kind of bring that back to your race because you've you your primary opponents are your there are two Democrats uh, potentially running against you yes. They have a primary against each other: Chrissy Hoyt, Christ, uh, Chrissy Hoyt, and Sarah Elfrith. Yes. Um, one of which is a
3: hardcore resistor. Another is a hardcore partisan, just hack establishment type. They are both strong progressives. One admits it. The other one hides it. Yeah.
0: You know, how do you see that ultimately playing out? And I'll ask the question that you're not going to want to answer:
3: Which one do you want to face in no- November? I have no problem answering that. I want to face the one that wins. There you go. Gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. You're going to get your wish. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha on that one. I, I, you, 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 you were shocked I would even say who. Um, no, I, I got to tell you, we're right on the issues, very right on the issues. And people know I'm a man of my word. When I ran in '06, when I ran in 2010 and won big, I promised I would not vote for any tax increases. And people know that I did not, not one. And uh, during O'Malley years, I don't see why some Republicans did or gave into it. Most of them did not. Um, i I think right now people still want to hear that they're still suffering from that they want to hear that and uh, you know I promise it again I will not I will not vote for a single tax increase not at the rate this state is taxed Absolutely. yeah
0: definitely Absolutely. well if people want to find out they want to get in touch with you or they want to help out the campaign definitely help how do they out. do
3: it well, uh, go to vote Ron. No, oh, I'm sorry. That that was the old one. Go go to RonGeorge.us right now. We're about to put up a new web page uh, okay. that's, that's updated. It's going to be very powerful and uh, and also, you know, my, my business. We have a room there uh, that we uh, talk to people. who can come in and get signs anytime, bumper stickers, anything you want. And that's two, uh, Ron George Jewelers on 205 Main Street. Just stop in and see us. I've always been an easy person to reach, even when I was a representative. And, uh, you know, come on in. I mean, that's like our campaign headquarters also. And, uh, you know, we're getting a lot of uh, activity going on. People are just, I, I, I was afraid, you know, getting into the general right now, people are people going to be a little, little burnt out. But i got to tell you, everyone's fired up, fired up. And uh, we need all the help we can get, guys. This is an important, important race. Absolutely. We have to win this. Maryland will never be this close again. And uh, I think you need my voice in the Senate. And uh, Mike Miller doesn't like that idea. But uh, you know, I plan to be there. Sounds we good, Don George, great. the next state senator from District 30. Good to see Thanks you, buddy. For it's joining great us. to see you guys. Really is. Take care.
1: Thank you.
0: Yeah, it's one of the important Senate seats. One of the, the very important races that we have. One of those big, um, you know, one of those big, big races in the drive for five, along with District Three, District Eight, District um, District Thirty Eight. Right. You know, I was down at Ocean City last weekend, and there's a lot of um, there's a lot of Mary Beth Carosa stuff. Yeah. not a lot of Jim Mathias stuff, which, given given his history in the district, is very interesting. I do have to say, Greg, this, this will this will I have to
1: say it. Say this it. will
0: be interesting to you. Um, your good friend Ed Tennis, who I know you you interviewed, we interviewed. on Jim, on yes. Election Focus, you did. We has did. possibly some of the worst campaign signs I've ever seen. I, I'm shocked sure to hear that. If, if really you hearing. drive to the ocean between now and now in the now on election day, the primary okay. elections, I don't think they're gonna be up very long after that. Um, <laughs> He gets four by eight signs, right? Which have tennis in like very small letters, and then in much bigger letters it says "Vote for District Thirty Seven C's Coolest Conservative." And then it goes on about all this other stuff. And he he's paying four by eights aren't cheap, okay?
1: No, they're not. They're and, not. we're talking four foot by eight foot signs. Yeah,
0: Don Murphy cr- is crying somewhere about these signs and the sure. sign design because they are just. They are just garbage. Well, they are just you know. When you're,
1: look, it, it's really not that complicated. The number one thing in a primary is name recognition. Mm-hmm. So the biggest thing on your sign should be the name. Yes. If you want to include the office, that's fine. Even though if you're putting them on highways, there's gonna be people from all over the place. You want the name to be there. You want a color scheme that's you know that looks nice. Uh, I've had debates about what those colors have to be, but the number one thing's the name. If Qu- my name is, if you don't, if you if you don't walk away with the name being emblazoned in your mind, your sign has failed. Yes. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Um, you know, slogans and all that kind of stuff. They're okay if your name recognition is high enough. Putting your party affiliation is good in a general election because that's important in a general election. But in a primary, it's your name. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not rocket science. It's political it's, science. If
0: you're if if you have a four x eight and your name isn't three feet tall, yeah. Or something to that effect, or it's not the most visible thing you can right. see. Right, and
1: tennis is a short name; it's five letters. You should, you can really put it really big on a four by eight sign. Right, his opponents are doing a much better job of this. That's yeah. all I'm. That's all yeah. I'm saying. Well, um, that's why we have elections. I mean, he can prove us wrong. So. <sighs> I remember that interview. That was a that was a fun interview. I, I, our friend Mike Bradley at WGMD interviewed him as well. That was fun to listen to. I felt like okay, I'm not the only one.
0: <laughs> you felt like more of a professional at that point.
1: No, I didn't feel like more. Mike did a great job, but I'm like, I'm not the only person who had to go through that experience. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like some sort of PTSD experience.
1: Well, you know, he has a lot of uh, he has a lot of odd ideas that really don't make a lot of sense and. He's very passionate about them, which doesn't help. So, whatever. There are a lot of interesting candidates. We have a lot of great candidates, like we just talked to Ron George. Yes. And I'm sure we'll hear some from... from, from well, actually, let's talk about that just for a second. Sure. There's, Ron made this point when he was talking to us. He doesn't have a primary challenge. Right. But And he and we're in the district he's running in. So he could literally just pop out and go door to door. Right. There shouldn't be a lot of candidates here if they have... Primary no,
0: races. there should not be any candidates <laughs> here if they have a primary. Race. So I
1: don't know how many will run. Or, or
0: quite frankly, if they have, you know, um, in districts that are less favorable. I mean, 30 pretty favorable to Ron, given his previous. Well, he was a service here, there, and
1: he's got, he's got, he's got. Like I said in, the, in our interview with him, very deep roots here.
0: But if you have some of these guys who are running, you know, like Mary Beth Carosa or Christian right. Miley, oh, yeah, they should they be. Shouldn't they be, shouldn't be here. They should, yeah. be, they should never <laughs> leave the district. Um, yeah, this isn't, this isn't a situation. And I could even make an argument that maybe the U.S. Senate candidate should be here because you have a large number of high-roller Republican types in one place um, well, in and, an upcoming state primary.
1: Yeah. And oh, by the way, and, I'd be reticent, I don't think they're going to be getting enough door-to-door to make that much of a difference in that race at this point. But
0: No, but one thing that will make a difference in the race is our Red Maryland um, U.S. Senate primary debate, which will be on June 21st, June 21st at 8 21st. p.m., um, make sure to listen to redmaryland.com. Greg has no qualms about this at all.
1: That's right. I think it's gonna be great. I don't see I don't foresee any problems. Um, so far we- and, I, and I will say a lot of people have been going to redmaryland.com. I occasionally peek in on the analytics and see a lot of people are checking out these US Senate candidates. Yes they are. And uh, they're interested in this upcoming Senate debate. So we're looking forward to do the best we can to to let you hear from these guys.
0: Yeah, and uh, so far we still have five candidates who are confirmed. Okay. One candidate, Brian Faith, has actually withdrawn from the race and endorsed Tony Campbell, but his yeah. name will still appear on the ballot.
1: Yeah. Um, he's been he's he's been uh, doing a lot of things. He's been what? Yeah. Did you see his tweet this week? To uh, I Governor I Warren did. I, Senator Madalena. I, yeah. I did.
0: I did. Um, <sighs> and quite frankly, if Senator Madalena wants to spend time focusing on Brian Vaith.
1: yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, so anyway, but we do have Blaine Taylor and Tony Campbell yes. and Evan Cronhart and Bill Krenbrink and Nabu Eze have confirmed for the debate. We're still hoping to get the rest of the candidates. Um, yeah, I have tried- a feeling at least some of them are not going to participate. Okay, and some of the leading candidates,
1: and I'm using air quotes here. I can see. It. I can see you using air quotes. Um, Look, it's 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 very close to the election and uh, you know, but we're just asking them to phone in and try to make it work that way. You know. We'll try to make it as easy for them as possible. Yeah, we're
0: going to we're going to make it work. Or we won't.
1: <laughs> I think in all sincerity, I think we're going to be able to broadcast all of them on and we can we can time it and you know, switch back and forth between the candidates. Yes. Um if you know, I think we're going to ha- there's going to be a compromise between Optimum sound quality and 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 logistics. Yeah, but it's going to be perfectly listenable, uh, assuming they all call in on decent connections. Which is a well, we'll, well,
0: we'll provide some instructions for them. But
1: and I, their, we can't control their end of it. No,
0: but I do want to also <laughs> That's remind on you. Them. I also do want to remind you. We've had several people come up and take some of our flyers today for the RedMaryland.com yeah, leadership conference. January 26 2019 at the Doubletree Hotel, just around the corner from Union Jacks That's here right. in Annapolis. Be a great early, time. early bird, super early bird tickets are still available.
1: Practically giving them away. Go to, Red, go to
0: redmarylandconference.com and you can get your, uh... hey Doug, how you doing?
1: You want to come on? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Our honorary. Our Red honorary Maryland Red Maryland, Maryland Doug,
3: Mayor. Doug
1: Mayer. We'll get it. We'll get him on. It, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Um. So, redmarylandconference is how yes. we is how we do right. that. And um you, we'll again, you have super super early birds. Greg said we're practically giving them away. At lunch. I mean, you get lunch. Good. You get Steve Shue and JB Jennings. Yeah. And Nick Kipke and Kathy Shalega. And, and maybe we'll get and Steve Nick Kipke Hershey to sing
1: his song from Oklahoma.
0: Would you? Would you know what? I we should do that. We should uh, do that. Or is it um, for, from Bye Bye Birdie?
1: Either one. Either, maybe a medley.
0: Maybe we'll I remember some of the songs still. I wasn't actually like a singing part in the show because God knows we don't need that.
1: Um, and we <laughs> tried to sell tickets. Right. Yeah,
0: and and God knows that when we were um, we were doing the pre checks, I was singing and it was no. No bueno. Yeah, well, we, have also, we have oh, also we have also switched to country music in the background, which I think is an interesting choice. Well, country
1: music is very popular and the governor is a big fan of country music.
0: Basically it's everything Greg doesn't want to listen to is the soundtrack for today.
1: Well, I hopefully it's not coming through too loud over what we're trying to say. Uh, but that yeah, this you know, is this isn't do the language Yeah, exactly. When you do these live events, that's you know, that's kind of the it goes with the territory here a little bit, but you can feel the energy picking up. More people coming in. It's getting a little more crowd. I'm sure you're hearing more murmuring in the background. And it's, uh, it's very exciting. Why don't we take a break? Let's take a break. And uh, we'll come back. Maybe we'll find some folks to talk to. Maybe we'll start to break down this governor's race. Preview what's going to happen when the governor speaks. You're listening to a special edition of Red Maryland's Election Focus here on the Red Maryland Network. Live from the Union Jack H- Governor Hogan 2018 election kickoff.
2: You are listening to Maryland's most respected conservative voice, Red Maryland.
1: We are
0: back. A special edition of Red Maryland Radio live from the Governor Hogan campaign launch party at Union Jacks in Annapolis. The crowd is getting bigger Yeah. as we approach the hour of the official start time of this. We're about half an hour still from the official start. The doors it's, are definitely open. The doors are we're open. I hear there's weather coming. Which could it, be interesting. The, the sun
1: is still out. they have been calling for storms. We've we've held out that long. If you've never been here, let's set the scene here a little bit. Union I,
0: really I have not been here in a long time. This this venue, and I can't remember what the name of it was back then. Right. Um but the last time I was here was for the Philbass Victory Party in 2002 on general election night. Wow,
1: that was Yeah, awesome. that's just the last time I've been
0: in this facility. And I think that's like two or three names ago at this point. Um
1: it's Union Jacks now. It's a it's a nice open space. That they have here. We're kind of tucked into the the side bar area.
0: Yeah, we're near the bar and the they food, which is always the place you want to be. Which is the two places there there are two places you want to be near. You want to be there near the bar or be. the bathroom.
1: Yeah, well, that's true. Too. Um, this is this is where they sat. It's a great place. They again treating us like kings here, as they always do. There's a tent outside. Yes. So sure, they're expecting overflow. Uh, so parking was limited. You had to park across the street in the parking deck, which is fine. Um, so, but. But the place is starting to fill in and, and pack in, and uh, the crowd is starting to get excited. You can hear the music in the background. And we've, we've seen some friends of ours during the break that we've talked to. But uh, as we predicted, not yes. a lot of candies. We've seen a couple. We may have some more in if we can grab them and bring them on. And uh, But uh, let's talk a little bit. Brian. Sure. Let's get into this. While we have a little bit of time before things get out of control here. Where we are in the governor's race. Uh, you, I'm sure you heard me on uh, Red Maryland. And I and I do want to get to the bottom of what you were doing last week. <laughs> but if you listened to Red Maryland Radio last week, yes. I, I brought everybody up to date on where we are. We Great two- show, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, we had two debates last week with the I'm Democratic not sorry. Race. I missed them. Um, you didn't miss a whole lot. I think that... I think the second debate... And this is the one that
0: hasn't aired yet, correct?
1: Well, I, you know, I've heard different stories. I, I, it was originally reported it wasn't going to air until next week. But then I heard that it did air on WJC. So, Oh, okay. I, I've heard conflicting things. That's... Brian Sears, our friend at The Daily Reporter, reported it was not going to be aired until next Thursday, I guess the day before early voting started, if I understood correctly.
0: Yeah, early voting starts on Thursday.
1: Okay, so Wednesday, the day before early voting
0: starts. Oh, it is the four- what day is the 14th? I guess 14th is Wednesday, 14th, so that is, uh, the, that is, is the day 14th. early voting starts. Excuse okay, me.
1: The 14th is Thursday. That's when we'll have our show. That's our show. Yeah, season.
0: okay, so it is the first day of early voting.
1: Right. So they were gonna they were gonna do it the night before, and the reasoning was they had uh, the NBA championship. Um, and uh, I, Brian's giving me directions. I can't okay. at you turn my phones up? Okay. Oh, okay. All right. Is that better? Yes. Can you hear me? Can you hear me now? Good. Hopefully, you all can hear us without too much modulation. We're trying, folks. We're trying. We're trying. I gave the guys on the Glop podcast a hard time because they had the siren in the background. The what podcast? The Glop podcast. The Clock podcast. G L O P. It's it's um, now we've now we've been distracted, but now I have yes, to. Yes, we are. Sorry. It's uh, uh, John Pedowitz, okay, Jonah Goldberg, and some other guy, okay. I can't remember, and they do a podcast together, and they like it's like they call in and record it from a speakerphone or something. Okay. The Sound is terrible. Okay. It's, it's pro- oh, is that the remnant? No, the remnant is just Jonah's podcast. Okay. This is the three. Now these are three really intelligent, insightful, conservative commentators. They have really interesting things to say, and they're funny, and they make pop culture references. But the, they this it sounds like crap. And I made a comment on Twitter that I really love the really love the content, but it sounds like crap. And they got mad at me. But they had a siren in the background. That was really loud, and they just kept going. It was ridiculous. They could have a dinger. So we sound, well, well, a dinger might be better. Look, I, you know, we care. If this isn't up to our standards, it's just because we're trying as hard as we can, folks. Yes. That's the point I was trying to make. And if you
0: will hear really bad episodes, go back to, like, when we first started this and listen to how bad those were.
1: It's one of the reasons why I don't do a lot of you know best ofs from way back because I go back <laughs> and listen to those old episodes and I'm like, oh, we can't we can't use that
4: anymore.
1: <laughs> but anyway, fair. We, but uh, hopefully you're enjoying this and it sounds pretty good. So let's talk. So we talked about the race. Yes. Uh, they couldn't show because of the NBA playoffs, which are now over, and also because, according to Brian Sears of the Daily Record, our friend, because they had some original summer programming with uh, Steve Harvey doing some sort of kids say the darndest thing show and the network wouldn't let them preempt that to air this debate now, well and this is I, my
0: thing too it, then, and, I, I, did, and I, I
1: did see some report just to, just to close the loop and I could be wrong on this that Jay-Z the ABC affiliate in Baltimore did end up airing it at well, the 7 o'clock hour Jay-Z
0: has not been the ABC affiliate in Baltimore since
1: 1994 well then I am then I am wrong because WMA, WMAR channel 2 is the ABC affiliate that I'm wrong. Okay. Then it hasn't aired yet. Yeah, that. So we're sick of okay. that story. Okay. Yes. Um. Jay Z must have been Monday nights. Uh, yes, there was one that was That's on Jay Z that I'm aware of. Okay. About. So um. So forget it. Still hasn't aired. So this is timely still.
0: And this is my thing too. Air the damn thing on the internet.
1: Right. We have the
0: technology.
1: But how about the tens of millions of dollars we spend on public broadcasting in Maryland?
0: MP- what a concept. MP- now they MPZ did could it. air
1: all of these in real but time. But I think.
0: But I think. MPT only partnered with Channel 45 for the first debate, which is why they aired the first debate, and they're not yeah, partnering. Right. Everybody else is kind of doing their own thing.
1: Uh, well, but these but these network stations are. It's like they're. It's like uh, they don't want to actually have to do it, yet they don't want to just bump it off to, you know, public television or something. I don't. I don't get it at all. But anyway, there were two debates, one of which hasn't aired yet, which, which right. will be a week old when it airs. I mean, in this race, God knows how irrelevant it's going to be. Uh, but they had fewer well, candidates. And that's, and that's, that's the thing, thing, too. I, I don't I want le- to leave
0: that point. Well, because not so, so many things can change in a week in a campaign. Yeah. Just ask Valerie Irvin. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, and, and you know, there could be any number of things that could change. You know, whether there's a scandal, whether there's a, a tragedy, whether there's good news, bad news, whatever... And it may change everything, you know, about the content of the debate. You basically have a debate that's trash. Um, yeah, it's just, they need, this is just garbage. I'm sorry. I I, I, yeah. I get really wound up about this. And it's not the candidates' fault. I don't blame the Democrats for this.
1: The TV well, yeah, station... this ju- most recent debate that's delayed a week, the, the Maryland Democratic Party didn't have anything to do with it, yeah. which is why they had fewer candidates. Okay. So... You know, you can't blame the Democratic Party. Either, yeah, so I, guess. I mean,
0: this is this is the media just being
1: being garbagey in in doing this. So stuff. they exclude Ralph Jaffe and and uh, the other guy, James Jones.
0: The only candidate in the first debate, James Jones, only candidate any damn lick of sense. So you know, I mean, he in uh, the second debate. I saw he wasn't quite as on point. I, you for, know, I
1: talked about this on Thursday. How do you exclude them when you got Alec Ross, who's polling at two percent? Yeah, I know. With a five-point margin of error. How do you justify that? You can't. You can't. I mean, Vish, Chris Vignoraj is pulling at 4%. Again, with a five-point margin of error. I know. It's How do you justify... I mean, yeah, Jaffe's a nut, but... I mean, did you hear what Alex Alec Ross was saying? <sighs> that guy's a space... G- that guy just keeps saying zanier and zanier stuff. Well, I, I want your comments on this, because I talked about it sure. on Thursday... Uh, the poll numbers don't seem to show a lot of movement for some of these, for anybody, really. Right. But for these lesser-known candidates, including ones who had money. I mean, they are burning money. I made the example of you know the movie Brewster's Millions, um, and especially the Shea campaign. I'm curious to get your thoughts. He's spending $2 million. It's going to get him literally nothing.
0: I don't know how you can spend that much money and get literally nothing. It's like maybe go ask Maury
1: Taylor from the 96 presidential campaign. Um About that, but yeah, you got to think that another another poll is going to come out, and he's at least going to get a bump because of name recognition. He has. You would think.
0: You would think, but you know, is is all his money going to television? Is all his money going to? I mean, is he doing any social media? Is he doing any? I know Alec Ross is doing a lot of social media, but that doesn't seem to be helping him any. Are they doing traditional campaigning? Are they doing door to door? Are they doing? Uh, mailers. I mean, I'm sure they're. I'm sure they all. You would think with I'm that sure much they money, they've got to doing, be doing something.
1: I'm sure they all are doing all of those things. I don't know in what combination, and that'll be one of the interesting things after you know when we do the 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 post mortem on this campaign that we'll want to look at which combination worked. But he's got more money, two million dollars. He had more money, and it hasn't changed from the most recent reports than all of the other candidates, and yet he's still mired way back in the pack. Yeah. It's
0: it's it's impressive because you know, a lot of candidates are kind of equal as to how much money they've raised. Right. And it's there's and you, just and,
1: and not you know, the, a change. And, you, and the candidates with more name recognition are gonna have the advantage. We talked about that earlier. And so they don't need as much money, but money should equalize that. It's a, And I
0: and I gotta admit, the fact that Valerie Urban's been is at third in the latest poll is mind boggling to me.
1: It's mind-boggling to me too. I mean, what do you make of that? Is that real or is that just some remnant of her being with Caminetti? Does that? I mean, does she sustain that? And of course, all of that is thrown for a loop because her name's not going to appear on the ballot, right? So, when well, you- I mean, her name's going to be
0: on the ballot insofar as at least you know the tickets are lit- printed together, so at least people okay. will all see Irvin's right. name. Right. You're right. I but corrected. she's not at the top of the ticket, right? So I'm I'm sure I I see it correctly. I I I know
1: there's signage that's going on and and whatever at the polling places, but uh, how many of those people are going to vote for cabinets Are voting for Valerie Irvin and not voting for?
0: I don't know. I mean, it's it's, exactly
1: how how do you poll for that? You can't poll for that. And and
0: how do you prepare for the 40 percent undecided?
1: Do you think it's really 40 percent undecided? I mean, I, I I I mean, yes, but how undecided do you think they really are? And do you think they see? I the way that I look at the undecided is that it's still coming. It's going to be a two-person race. I kind of agree with Andrew Langer. These things de- generally come down to binary choices, and it, they're going to break one way or the other. Towards probably to the, the, the undecided is going to break longly along the lines of what we see with the people who've decided. You know what I'm saying?
0: Well, I have I have two philosophies on that. Okay, if you think. If you, if you think this election, the primary, is going to be like 2014, and it comes down to a binary choice, Rusher and Baker wins the primary. Right, and I do think that, yes. If you think about a primary, the way, or, you know, the primary, or kind of an, a, a general election, and if you assume that the electorate always, the undecideds always break away from the incumbent, and you have buy into the philosophy that, for all intents and purposes, Rusher and Baker is the incumbent... Okay. Then that helps Ben
1: Jealous. Okay. All right. Okay. So, what does that tell you? Like. I don't know. Um, but they're not. But, but they're I, think I a scenario where you know twenty percent of the undecideds break for Krishvig Naraja That's not possible.
0: That dog is not going to hunt. No. <laughs>
1: so uh, the idea that one of these lesser candidates is going to get some big chunk on a way to victory, for you know, and the other thing is, Madalino seems to be trying to get. He's certainly trying to get attention. He's certainly good at that. Which, by the way,
0: that's that that weeks of a desperate campaign.
1: It, it, it doesn't speak of the next governor of the state of Maryland, for sure. Um, stunting to... It's you funny. Know. Somebody actually
0: texted me the other day. They saw the commercial. They're like, wait, Madalena's gay? Yeah. <laughs>
1: he, he mentions it occasionally. I'm surprised they didn't know that. I, I
0: was shocked. It's like, how do you...
1: Yeah, he doesn't does bring it up. And this isn't like. a
0: Johnny come late. This is how you actually pay somewhat of attention to what's going on. Well, I might question that. Um, <laughs> you
1: know, but it's like, yeah, yeah, he's gay. Nobody cares. I don't think, yeah, I don't <laughs> think it makes that <laughs> big a difference. Obviously, you know, that community is excited that there's an openly. But, but that, that we've had that before in Maryland politics, and it hasn't made that big a difference, it's, right? And and doesn't he draw from Ben Jealous more than Russia and Baker anyway? I mean, but, that's who he's but, going after Yeah, that's who but, he's but remember,
0: at. I mean, but remember, they're both they're both on that radical far left spectrum. That's what I'm saying. Jealous more radical than Madalino, yeah, but uh, Madalino yeah. was also establishment.
1: Well, he's an elected official. Yeah. Four term elected official. Yeah. In any
0: other election, Rich Maddalino's resume plays a lot better.
1: Yeah. And coming from Montgomery County, but he's got so many competitors in Montgomery County that works against him, too. By the way, I have to ask you because it was a big event. This may change the race. I'm sure you saw it. Um, that uh, Dave Chappelle came to campaign in Prince George's County for. Uh,
0: well, I mean, look, Ben Jealous, can't, ben get anybody. Jealous. He can't get anybody from Maryland to endorse him, so he might as well try this, right?
1: What's so funny is they had pictures on Twitter, and the Jealous campaign cannot shoot straight, if you'll forgive the expression. No, they, they lean. Pretty far to the left. <laughs> I saw the picture. Here's Dave Chappelle. Now I'm I'm a fan of the guy. He's a very popular comedian. He's going to play very well with folks who support Dave Chappelle and folks in the Prince George's County area. They had this small room they were bringing him in that couldn't have had more than 50 people in it. I did see some
0: pictures, and it definitely not only was it a small room, but it was clear the room was not full.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, this guy can
0: draw a crowd. Yeah, Dave Chappelle has sold out shows all over the country.
1: And we've been here and for a again, days. And, he was coming, and this is this is all he can do? And again, we
0: we drew more people to our anniversary party than came out to see Dave Chappelle open for Ben Jealous. And
1: it's not Dave Chappelle's fault. It's the campaign is just not utilizing him correctly. Well, I mean, this I mean, is... he's not coming out and doing a set, if he's just coming out and giving a little... All he's had to do is show up, and you can get 300 people. You're not charging them to come. I mean... I, you would think that you would
0: think that 300 people would show up, yes. But more people are here right now for Governor Hogan than came to see Dave Chappelle. Yeah, that's a hell of a job, Ben Jealous. You guys, you guys are a real crack operation over there.
1: I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get any of this at all. It's crazy. I don't get a lot of
0: things in this Democratic primary, but that's okay. Cause I get, well, I made a it's prediction. It's not my I problem.
1: Know, I don't know if you're willing to make a prediction in the primary, but I'm curious to get your thoughts. on you thought where it might go. <sighs> Do you feel like you're in a position you kind No, I Pre-voting don't. voting starts next week. I don't know.
0: I really don't know because it's like, I go back to the things that we've talked about time and time again. Right. Um, you know, all up and down the road, um, as I mentioned, I was in Ocean City last weekend. Okay? Correct. All up and down the road.
1: other places you've been? Like uh, back all up and
0: down the road, there were no Democrat, not a single Democratic gubernatorial campaign sign.
1: I've not seen one I saw, in Arundel County. Either. I
0: saw more signs on Route 50 for Barry Donadio than I saw for a Democratic candidate for governor. Well, there you go. I mean It was me. It was me. And it's amazing. It's incredible, but it's it's the God's honest truth. It's it's the weirdest it's the
1: weirdest primary I have ever seen. No question about that. No Certainly on the, the Democratic that. side. No question about because, that. You know, the and, of, even, and even when Baker has O'Malley come out and endorse him, which is crazy, in my opinion. I guess he thinks it helps him. Maybe it does. I don't know. And within every vote counts at this point. Yeah. I mean, but they only have a handful of people at this event. You know, you can't get fifty people to stand behind him. And and what, I mean, what kind of campaigns are these people running? I mean, shitty ones. <laughs> even if it's done on, even if it's done on short notice, these guys think they're going to be. I mean, look at look at what we're doing here at this event. I mean. The, I mean, how many hundreds of people are going to be here? This place is going to be packed. There are already
0: probably close to 200 people here. Okay.
1: They don't have any special guests. It's just the governor coming out. You know, it's a free event. They put, you know, I don't think they've been beating the bushes to bust people here or anything. But you would think you could get 50 people to go stand behind Rusher and Baker and Martin O'Malley when they yeah. make an announcement. Um, I, I, I mean, or some, or some sort of backdrop or something. You know the, I don't the, get the, I don't get the philosophy behind the
0: analog I think for this election this Democratic primary is do you remember the 2006 gubernatorial uh, excuse me U.S. Senate primary and that ultimate that had like a thousand candidates running some of them some of them serious some of them not right um, some of them with experience some of them not right and that wound up ultimately becoming a two man race between Ben Cardin and Kwasi and Fume.
1: right that's correct um, those
0: two guys wound up splitting I think at like 78 percent of the vote between them right. Uh, and Ben Cardin won, and it wasn't particularly close. Correct. correct. Um, so, but again, it's a whole different—it's a whole different electorate. I mean, because Ben Cardin has been, had been an elected official for forty years by that point. Right. Had been. So Quasim
1: Fume.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. and Fume had been a longtime activist, had been a longtime elected official, like right. Ben Jealous, president of the NAACP. Right. Right. But Ben Jealous has no In political Congress. experience, few connections to Maryland. I overheard somebody here they were making a joke saying like they were like 20 years old and said I voted in more Republican elections more elections in Maryland than Ben Jealous
1: has. Right. Well, Ben Jealous has never voted in a Democratic primary. Now, if I was a Democratic primary voter, if I was a Democratic activist in Maryland, that would drive me nuts. Yeah, it's pretty if it, crazy. If He were a Republican and that was his record. I would be calling him a carpetbagger. And probably have
0: called people that. I've done it before. I mean, I've called people out for not voting in Republican primaries. Yeah. Some of them wind up getting elected to the state senate and passing, you know, bills about dogs frequently. Um, Oh, there's that. Yeah, so that's what you get when you elect people who don't vote in primaries, but...
1: Be that as it may. People love the dogs. People people do love the dogs. By the way, if you want to really if you really want to I know the, the in thing to say is to own the liberals or drink liberal tears, that's a thing people like saying and doing. Something if we've you, been
0: talking about for ten years. If by you the
1: really way. want to do that, listen go on, you know, the hashtag Marylandpolitics, but I do follow now. Who, who is this? The hashtag Marylandpolitics. Oh yes, I've I have, I have a setup there on my, and, uh, my tweet deck. And you hear them talk. You hear the left, the you know, the liberals complain about how popular the governor is, and they they, they they're just out of their minds. They insist it's only because he's a likable guy, and they get mad at him because you know people people have empathy for him because he had cancer and because he takes pictures with dogs. It drives them nuts, and uh, it's fantastic. I mean, it's shot in at its best. It is shot in Florida at its best. Greg, why don't we take a break? You are listening. We're singing songs about the Southland.
0: We are singing songs about the Southland. You're listening to a special episode of Red Maryland Radio live at the Governor Hogan Launch Party at Union Jackson, Annapolis. We will be right back.
2: You can subscribe to all of our Red Maryland Network programming on iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, and the TuneIn Radio app. You can also listen to the Red Maryland Network by visiting blogtalkradio.com/slash Red Maryland or visit the home base for all things Red Maryland, redmaryland.com.
4: We're back,
0: Red Maryland Radio, live from the Larry Hogan launch party at Union, Jackson, Annapolis. I am Brian Griffiths. He is Greg Klein. Good to be here. It is a packed, packed house in
1: here. Yeah, it's getting louder. Uh, It is getting loud. It is getting comfortably. There's somebody standing on the
0: stage now. Just so you guys know, there is literally no way we're going to be able to record
1: during the governor's remarks. It's going to be far too loud. I'm not sure how um, long we're doing right now, but I think we're doing okay in here. Um, yeah, so so we just wanted to set it up just to give you a kind of a feel, and then we're going to try to come back and finish and do a final segment after all the announcements. The, the, it's after two o'clock. they they you know you can feel the energy. They're kind of moving people towards the front. Uh, we're expecting you know not imminently, but in the there's got to be three hundred
0: people in this room.
1: Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean. Oh, yeah. We're kind of off to the side. It looks like more in the media section.
0: We are protected.
1: And we're right behind the uh, the the camera riser. One of the camera. risers.
0: Yeah, we, are, we are stage right for those of you who that's are familiar right, with that's that. Correct. Um, and yeah, I I have to I have to think somewhere there's a fire marshal going eh. uh,
1: <laughs> out there. Yeah, where we are not quite sardine level yet, but
0: uh, but there are lots of people out here, there and let me, right in front, front,
1: front of the the stage. And let me
0: tell you something, by the way. The I best, wish you would The tell me best something. thing about this event. And the enthusiasm for the governor's reelection, right? Is I have no idea
3: who half these people are.
1: Oh yeah, and that's of, fantastic. Yeah, we, I mean, there's certainly people we know here. People who are activists. There's some folks in the campaign, and the, and the uh, I've seen a couple secretaries walking around. I saw the budget secretary. I saw the saw planning D- secretary. Just saw David Craig here. Yeah, I just saw David Craig. He's walked by us in a very snappy fedora, by the way.
0: I could never pull that off.
1: No, no. Absolutely, but um, so we've seen them. But we've seen a lot of folks we don't know, and and people are excited to be here, and a lot of very diverse media here, which is kind of exciting. And um, it's we know when the governor comes in, it's going to be you know, it's going to be a madhouse. It's going to be like a rock concert. The place is just going to go up. um, And uh, I don't know when that will be. See our friend Rob Windley, Red Maryland contributor emeritus. Uh, and part of the administration as well. Oh, I think we see our friend running for the uh, United States Senate. Let's see if we can grab him here real quick. He's everywhere. He's everywhere. Tony Campbell. going to give you a high five
0: first. first. Joining us on the hot mic right now, Tony, Tony. Campbell. candidate for Hey okay. to right see
1: you again, Mr. Campbell. How Fantastic day in Annapolis. It uh, it's is.
0: always a pretty good day in Annapolis. We just talking Only
5: so 90% humidity, and uh, the governor's giving his, uh, uh, hey, I'm back and ready to kick some more butt. When yeah, you come. just walk
0: through the, the crowd, um, that's a pretty big crowd out there.
5: Yeah, and people are still coming in because when I parked, when I parked about uh, twenty five minutes ago, yeah. the, the garage was still filling up. So okay,
0: fantastic. Well, you are about a couple of weeks from your primary. Of course, we're having the red, Maryland U.S. Senate debate on June twenty first. You have committed to participate. We thank you for that. How is the uh, how's the campaign going? What are you doing in the, uh, in the last couple of days before early voting? The last couple of days for the primary.
5: Doing all the media things that we, that we've planned and implementing that, uh, we'll do a, a mix of things. Our digital ads have already started running. I've okay. uh, got uh, over 20 uh, delegates and state senators have endorsed and so supporting. That. So yeah, we have seen that. So, uh, well, we'll got uh, 70 more days and uh, pump up the volume and and. Uh, Get a, hopefully get a majority out of the uh, 11 people in the primary and then move on with a target's supposed to be. Well, how difficult is it,
0: um, and obviously don't give away any trade secrets as I ask this, um, how difficult is it kind of getting like that get-out-the-vote operation for a campaign statewide. that's statewide, sure. lower-profile than a lot of what else is going on right now?
5: Well, I, I think the important thing for me right now is to focus the energy on Ben Cardin and, and okay. get people, get Republicans to understand that you know, when you win once, it's a fluke. When you win twice statewide, it's a pattern. And so we've proven that we can do it. It's it's getting Republicans to understand that we can win this race. Yeah, That's the biggest part of this for me. So yeah. you're
0: saying Chelsea Manning's not going to win the primary?
5: I'm saying Chelsea Manning is <laughs> going to get 30% as a protest vote.
0: Really? Wow. That's bolder well, that than I would say, actually. That would
1: be actually a very interesting, well, interesting dynamic. Well, we know how hard you're working because we keep running into you. Everywhere we go, we know you're everywhere. If you follow, if you follow Tony's campaign on social media, uh, there's definitely nobody working harder. So I'm, I'm, yeah. I didn't hear you, Greg.
0: I no, said, "There's nobody working harder than oh, you." Uh, seeing, seeing, you know, that you're that's the only candidate. That's how out loud there. the room is. Tony's yeah,
5: three feet away from me. <laughs> yeah, well, you me. Know, it's uh, it's it's hard work is perseverance. You know, Calvin Coolidge said that that's the one thing that you can't replace. You just got to work hard for it and doing it every day. So in the next uh, week, I'll be in ten more counties and. Okay. You now early voting starts uh, week, from, you know, on Thursday, and I'll be on the shore and getting the Garrett County too. So, folks want more information, want to get in contact with you? Campbellformaryland.com. All right, Tony and Campbell, Facebook, and all that stuff. So, Tony we'll Campbell, candidate for U.S. Senate.
0: Good to see you. Take care. We'll talk to you.
1: You the good. We'll debate. talk to you
0: on June 21st for the Senate
1: debate. Um, yes, that shows you how loud the room is right yeah, now. Yeah, no, that's a pretty. Tony good. three feet away. Hopefully, hopefully, you know, I'm sure you were able to hear him. He actually sounded really good on the mic. By the way, any candidate has good mic technique is always a favorite of mine. I have to say, and Tony's been a great candidate. So, yeah, but it's tough. It's tough in a wide open race. You yeah, know, it's, it's tough, tough to mean, get name recognition, a, with, and you know, with eleven names on the ballot, ten actively, actively running, um, it, to some degree, you got to get beyond just it being a crapshoot. And hopefully, he's gotten beyond that. He's certainly been working. And that I lot. do
0: believe at this point, I think, I think ten of the candidates have nine of the candidates have responded to our candidate survey. Um, and go to Red Maryland? Not all of them. Yeah, go to redmaryland.com slash 2018 primary A lot of you have.
1: So, we, uh, Yes, and a lot more. Know, uh, and, and don't take this the wrong way, because we know if you're listening to this, you're not the problem. Okay? But allow us to vent a little bit. Cause tell
0: your friends. Tell your neighbors.
1: Uh, absolutely. And by the way... Um, the red Maryland poll. Tell people to vote. Well, the last red poll. Maryland poll. A lot of people are voting that poll. Ryan can't even hear me, and he's got headphones on. Yeah,
0: <laughs> it's Which good. It's the up. enthusiasm. It's enthusiasm.
1: It's uh, it's enthusiasm. Yeah, <laughs> it's loud. I'm
0: enthusiastic. Aren't you enthusiastic? I
1: uh, know I'm incredibly enthusiastic. Uh, I'm also enthusiastic for sound quality. So I'm hoping you I'm,
0: are very enthusiastic
1: about sound quality. Um, <laughs> and uh, I don't know how much longer we're gonna be able to go before. Yeah, I think we may have to go ahead and
0: let's why don't we go ahead and take a break? We'll join you
1: after. We're gonna join all the Michigas and the craziness and the jubilance, and then we'll come back and tell you all about it on the other side. You're listening to a special edition of Red Maryland Election Focus from the 2018 Hogan kickoff for his re-election here at the the uh, Union Jacks in Annapolis. We will be right back.
2: You were listening to Maryland's most respected conservative voice, Red Maryland. You can subscribe to all of our Red Maryland Network programming on iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, and the TuneIn Radio app. You can also listen to the Red Maryland Network by visiting blogtalkradio.com slash redmaryland or visit the home base for all things Red Maryland, redmaryland.com.
4: We are back. Red
0: Maryland Radio, special edition live from the Governor Hogan launch party here at Union Jackson Annapolis. I'm Brian. He's Greg. Yeah, good to be here. And uh, Governor Hogan's remarks just wrapped up. If you were not here, you can go to Facebook.com slash Red Maryland. We broadcast the whole thing live. We did. What a concept. Something happening and it being broadcast live where people can see it in real time.
1: Yeah. Um, Brian climbed perilously onto the uh, camera stand, brilliantly took that video. Probably had a better view than most of the people who were here because this place was packed. Yeah, this it place is packed. It's and I tell to you what, a little bit now, the governor's still shaking hands on the stage and I and, and I, I tell you what, his way through the crowd until I
0: got on the riser and looked out, I didn't realize how packed it was. I mean, this literally to the back wall.
1: No, it's jammed. Two rooms away. It's jammed. I think the campaign had put something out like over a thousand people. It's way over a thousand people.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's got to be. Um, and remember, there was overflow outside too. Yeah, I so. Got
1: it. Yeah, yeah, we're not going anywhere for a while. And the bad weather held off. I think it stayed a little bit to the south. So Yes, it did. Everything went off without a hitch. It's funny because when we walked in, we got here early. As we were walking in, they were kind of blocking everything and setting yeah. the lighting and running through what would happen. So it was fun to see when it actually happened exactly as they choreographed. It was very simple, very straightforward. But it went off without a hitch, the governor was great, the lieutenant governor was great, crowd was hot. And my favorite thing
0: about remarks that are, you know, the best remarks, the ones that are short, sweet, and to the point.
1: He hit, look, we know what the talking points are going to be, he's got a fantastic record to run on, he hit all his talking points, it was very bipartisan, but still very, you know, we we came, we saw, we conquered kind of speech, and um, it was great. They had they had a video that played. I'm sure you could not see it from here. Uh, well, we saw, well, we saw it beforehand, so I yeah. so I couldn't okay. see it where I was in the crowd. It's brilliant. I of mean, course, this is the caliber of this this. Uh, this is not this th- is not the
0: Mickey Mouse operations you're right. seeing on the Democratic side. Yeah, that's for the, the Caliber
1: of this campaign, and they were good four years ago. Make no mistake. Even though they were wildly over, you know, they were outspent. That's a, they are a first-rate organization all the way running this campaign. That was a brilliant video. You'll see that edited lots of different ways. The points that the governor made, you're going to hear in video spots over and over and over again. With all the issues that are important of Marylanders, taxes, the economy, schools, the environment. He's got a fantastic record to run on on all of those areas. Yeah, I mean, it's
0: not the clown show that the Democrats are running right now. I mean, yeah. it's just a Mickey Mouse. And he it's, kinda, it's night and day.
1: And it was great because he kind of gave them the back of his hand and, you know. And uh, I, I personally, I personally appreciate
0: the fact that even the governor made mention that there were nine candidates running, right, and not the seven that everybody tries to pretend they're running. That's right. Um, I, I mean, which is which is brilliant because it basically does put Ben Jealous on the same level as
1: Ralph Jaffe, which is hilarious to yeah, me. Yeah, and, and, and you know, it's respectful. I mean, as far as the governor's concerned, one's as good as the other. I mean, that's that exactly to your point. They all want to do essentially the same thing. And that's what's really important to our audience. You gotta know you you can't look at the contrast between this governor and anybody who comes out of that Democratic primary and not see a night and day difference and uh there's no question who who anybody who calls them a conservative or Republican should not only be working for, but working as hard as they can for. And the governor never even mentioned redistricting or anything like that. No. So uh, it's pretty it, compelling.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'll be, I'll be intrigued. I'll be interested um, when I watch the six o'clock news tonight to see how it gets framed. Right. Um, that is that I'm, I'm intrigued because obviously all the cameras were here, reporters were here.
1: Right. Um, didn't see many people we know. Um, I've seen, I've seen a few, but a lot of fresh faces, and uh, that's good. That's yeah, a good thing. It is, it is great, and. Um, yeah, and did, again, see, and did see some more candidates.
0: Craig Wolf is here. Liz Matori is here. Um, yeah,
1: they kind of people on, wandering around and, and did that kind of stuff. And uh, as if summoned, Liz Matori was. Yeah,
0: I can summon people now. Did you know that? And
1: actually, Craig is only ten feet away.
0: Right, he and I'm not sure if we even tried to interview him. We could hear him right now. <laughs> no, I'm sure we couldn't.
1: You certainly couldn't
0: hear us. Uh, the first lady making her rounds right around the corner. All right. Um, the governor, We're I'm sure, is somewhere,
4: house. probably yes. where the large crowd I of can, people s- is. I
1: can see Wes Adams, our, our Anne Arundel County State's Attorney, just because he's so tall. I can see him in the my, crowd. Um, I was talking to my wife the other day,
0: yeah, and she was asking me about Kathy Rogers. And she's like,
1: what is what is the deal there? She uh, used to work a, for her? It's one of those guys from that Soros. Um, she's wow.
0: like, wait a minute. Les Adams fired out. Kathy Rogers? I'm like, yeah, that's that's half of why all of this is happening. It's it's really a sordid affair and a mess. But, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you know who you're going to vote for in that race? Or am I putting you on the spot?
1: Uh, I have a pretty good idea who I'm
0: going to vote for okay. in that race.
1: I also know who I'm probably going to vote for. So, uh, and, and, you know, I, th- there's criticisms that have been leveled that are fair, but, you know... We got a pretty good state's attorney here in Ana County pretty, doing a pretty good job. Pretty
0: sure that having a sting operation involving the sheriff's office.
1: Yeah, and you know, when we pointed out that there, you know, there may be some validity to it, I mean, that doesn't change the fact that we got that a really good I, state's attorney's office. Yeah, that
0: would be like us having a stakeout operation saying, the Democrats want to raise taxes. Yeah. Yeah, hello. We don't. <laughs> yeah. It is what it is, and everybody knows it. Uh,
1: anyway. It is what it is. It, and, um, so yeah, I don't know if we'll get some of these candidates to come over and, and everybody's working the crowd. But it's a great event. I mean, it, you know, this kind of thing is like a wedding. So once the speeches are over, well, hold on, that's gonna, not entirely fair. People aren't going to hit the doors, but they're going to it's going to start. People, to-
0: people are going to try to get their picture taken, and their handshake, right. and then they're going to leave. Right. Um, that's what's really going to happen because right. um, you can see you can see the mass of people
1: yeah, <laughs> and this, the spotlight. Yeah, yeah we and know you can tell exactly is. where the governor is. Yeah, we get that Even though the governor is
0: not a tall fella. Right, you know where he is because you can. It's like parting the sea. It's just everything.
1: Yeah. Um, we, we've seen this phenomenon. We've been to this this kind of event before, and we've seen yeah. this phenomenon. Um, and uh, I don't know if he'll make it this way or not. We've had the we've had the very nice thing where he's seen us and kind of moved over towards where we were, which is very right. nice. Uh, he, he, you know, he's not we, obligated to do that at all. Every yeah, time.
0: I mean, you, you kind of know what you're going to get from the governor at this point. So I mean, he's. Yeah, we'd love to have him. If yeah, have we'd love, to, him. Him. love to have him. Love to have him. he's yeah. got a lot more other people to,
1: <laughs> right? <laughs> to talk to. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's just, I mean, honestly, what I did have, you think of the? What would you think of the speech? I, I gave you my thoughts. What I
0: thought it me? hit all the key points. Right. It made the argument. It it goes back to what we talked about two days after the election four years ago. Right. That. It, the governor if the governor can run a campaign based on promises made promises kept right. that his numbers are going to be high and he's going to get reelected
1: have, now how did he put it he put it uh... we actually did what we set out to do he said he didn't say promises made promises kept but he said something along those lines yeah and
0: also that the people you know right. the people of maryland approve of the job they're doing so maybe they want to st- stick around for four more years
1: you know that's a great line and it's a great point and it's the thing about the high approval this is why the high approval drives the democrats nuts and why they always try to say it's just personal likability they the democrats have a hard time believing that marylanders actually like what the governor is doing rather than just like the governor yeah it's and, pretty, it's and it's absolutely the former believe me yeah they still haven't they still have not been able to change their
0: calculus or change their uh... you know their world has changed and they don't understand that their world has changed
1: so, and look, I think it's a I think it's a function of Maryland Democrats having so they're a victim of their own success. They're not used to having a really strong challenger, really someone who's really together and really knows what they're doing the way that Governor Hogan is. I mean, I, I, you know, in other states, Democrats are much more adept, adaptable, they're much more adroit. They're, they're, they 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 have strong challenges. they are the underdogs a lot of times. They know how to deal with that. Yeah. There's not a Democrat really running here. I think it's one of the reasons why I think Jim Shea is kind of an interesting guy, because he's kind of he kind of swerves into it a little bit at times. You know, you need somebody who can kind of capture that middle from Governor Hogan. You know, there, this isn't the party of William Donald Schaefer anymore. No. And it, it, there's still an awful lot of Maryland Democrats who are moderate, conservative-minded, who like Governor Hogan and are supporting? We see that in all the polls. Yeah, and the Democrats don't. And part of it's the part of it's who votes in the primary. Part of it's where their party's going. Part of it is just the mentality because they've been able to gerrymander and and,
0: and the party's been their, their party has been drifting that way for years. We've been telling everybody about sure. it.
1: Well, we've seen it. I mean, this yeah. is how Governor Hogan gets elected, um, and it's it's how Governor Early got elected too, as far as that goes. Uh, but but Maryland, because they've been able to redistrict. They haven't had to learn to be right. adaptable. They have they don't have a lot of close elections. They can get away with doing whatever they want in the legislature, and they rarely get caught on the carpet. And now where they find themselves behind the eight ball, they're not able to adapt to this. There's not a there's not a candidate in that race that's really effectively running against Governor Hogan. When when the arguments on Twitter after a poll comes out where the governor's beating everybody by ten to fifteen points where the argument is, hey, our guy only lost by 10, he's the one who can beat Hogan, you're, you're not doing it right. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, and and everything on
0: Facebook and Twitter kind of seems to be focused on nonsense minutiae in the Democratic primary. And again, we're 14, uh, 17 days away from actual, the actual election. Right. We're five days away from people actually casting votes. Yeah. And the democratic election is just a mess. I've I no. never, I've never seen anything like this. No, I really haven't.
1: E- any, all of it is completely upside down. I mean, we're we're in the upside down right now politically. We've never seen it. We've never seen what Governor Hogan. Does. Or maybe things are finally right side up. Well, what Governor Bottom rail on top, whatever metaphor you want to use. Whatever, what Governor Hogan is doing is every day is unprecedented. I mean, you know, it's like it's like the guy who breaks new records every single day. You keep thinking at some point things are going to come back to, because you still have the registration advantage. you still you got to think these polls close. You still have to think these polls close come September, just because, as we talked about before, the governor's ceiling is probably 54%, 55%. percent you got to think the Democrat, depending on who they nominate, you got to think there's, their floor is 40 45%. So if you get a poll with four or five points in it, you got to think at some point it's going to be a close race. At least that, you know some polls going to show it close. But we I'm starting can, to wonder, honestly. I, well, I, if, if I, I could be wrong about that because you know, I, I mean, the fundraising just is mind-boggling. Um, the difference is, I, I'm not surprised the governor's raising a lot of money. And by the way, make no mistake with the fundraising; that's that's people betting on Hogan winning. Yes, that's money, interest, and money. People saying, "I'm putting my money on the winning horse." Now, look. Obviously,
0: a lot of union money, a lot of Democratic National money, is going to come to this race after there's a nominee, right? But we've already seen the governor's busted some of that up because you've already seen one union come out and endorse right. the governor for reelection, which is just fascinating.
1: I, I, I think, it's and not only fascinating, it's fascinating phenomenon. that it's this early. Well, I think it's the same phenomenon. I think it's. Yeah, we're talking about the uh, the pipefitters union, the plumbers yes. union, who made this endorsement, and which they did. They it wasn't very controversial within their own ranks, which makes sense. I mean, that's a trade that's pretty middle class trade at this point. Um, they're certainly not government employees, which we could talk about government blue employees, collar, right? We could talk about government whose employees whose, whose all day long.
0: policies, who, the governor's policies, have helped them, not just personally. Help their entire business because there are more jobs for people.
1: Yeah, that's well, how governor, this works. The governor had the great line that's one of the great lines more people are working in Maryland than ever worked before. I mean, that's that's a great line. You know, he can say we've spent more on the environment than any other administration, we've spent more on education than any other administration. He's got results to back that up. I'm sure the Democrats will try and dispute that, but that is a fantastic record to run on. There's no glaring vulnerability on any of those issues, right? Um. And the Democrats are having a hard time. They think they have an opening with with education. We talked about that before. But the governor's got a fantastic record to run on. And and again, the Democrats may end up nominating the guy that's the worst matchup on education.
0: We, we see this on Twitter a lot, too, where the where Russia and Baker's people just keep jumping up and down about how great he is on
1: education. Stick with that. Can Please I tell you, stick with that. Can I tell you a story? You can. About, about how sensitive they are. I was on uh, WGMD one week weeks ago, uh, seven fifty a.m. ninety two point seven WGMD on the Eastern Shore, um, and I mentioned Rusher and Baker and the and he was having difficulty with the teachers unions. The Baker campaign immediately reached out to Mike Bradley. I mean, this FM right wing talk radio station on the Eastern Shore immediately emailed him saying, "I heard this on your on the segment this morning." that the, that baker's not very popular with the teachers unions it's not true we want to have you want to have him on we'll make him available you know and now he's on their list so that's how sensitive they are if they if, if they if the baker campaign gets bent out of shape for something i said by the way the photo montage has a, had the picture of us at the change maryland event from 4 years oh, ago oh i didn't see that it's on my facebook page that's fantastic that's fantastic <laughs> i love that
0: uh, they take care of us. They're good people. They,
1: I mean, that's awesome.
0: That makes my day right there. I wish I saw that. I'm going to have to now keep watching this photo montage. Yeah, you're
1: going to have to keep watching. I just saw him like, wait, that picture looks real. Wait a minute. That's me. I know that guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy! I love it. It's nice since we're doing this in front of a crowd of people and they're looking at us curiously that it does give us some credibility. That yeah, how about that? Um, not that we need it Eddie. What's that? Not that we needed any. If it calms down, Craig Wolf is sitting five feet away from us. He does not <laughs> even know we're here. He has no idea what we're talking about. Who is this? who is this? Craig Wolf. Oh, yeah. Brian can't even hear me. I,
0: can, I still not, can't hear you. I am, yeah.
1: I am literally touching Brian right now. He cannot hear me. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good event, though. It's, it's starting to wind down. You can yeah. see... Uh, as, as predicted, as it should. It was two to four. Yeah, it's two to four. It's already yeah 15. Mission accomplished. And it was a fanta- It was incredibly successful. And we were talking about the kickoff four years ago. In, yeah, in, in, in January. It was in January. It was down on River Road at right, a crab house, the at the, at and it was a packed time. room, but nothing like this. Uh, it was a total. I remember it very, very well. Totally different vibe. I think the room was a little bit bigger just the way that was laid out. There weren't more people there.
0: But but again you can't I mean you're missing, you know, this is this what you
1: can see here is like forty percent of the room. Right. It was not it was not anywhere near as packed. I mean it was pretty full. But I remember I you know, people weren't sure what was gonna remember, even though I had written in the Baltimore Sun that a Republican could win, that was far from certain. People were excited, you know, and there was a competitive primary. But there was there. It was far from certain. This is a totally different vibe here, man. Totally different. And the event.
0: I mean, there are more people here tonight than I think there were at the victory
1: party four years ago. I don't. Well, I'm dead. I'm, I'm dead serious. I'm not sure about that. I'm totally I serious been about outside that. Outside though, so that would be something. But uh, Mark Unkovich here. Hi, Mark. Our buddy. Do you want to go on Mike with us? Uh, <laughs> I'm not even sure you can hear me. Can you even hear me?
4: Exactly. <laughs> could
1: not. Could not. <laughs> <laughs> can you hear yourself? Barely. Yeah. <laughs> you can, no, we can I can hear yeah. myself think.
4: <laughs> a great
1: turnout. Yeah. Hey, what do you
4: think about the event? Great, great turnout, great event, great kickoff.
0: How are things going down in Montgomery County?
4: Well, I came there. We're getting ready for early voting. I, I've lost track of how many early voting sites we have. I think we're up to eleven. Which is really tough, but I've heard that, you know, in Montgomery County, you know, the Democrats have 30 people running for four at-large seats. And so the Democrats have, like, they won't even put out their signs. They're like, we can't handle all these candidates. But it's, a, it's for them, it's a ferocious primary. We have relatively fewer primaries in Montgomery County. Well, I'm guessing
0: at this point the focus is more on name ID for the general election Absolutely. for
4: a lot of. That's get really uh, rec- getting our people to recognize our candidates. Um, I, I think actually we kind of know in those that we do have a primary there some overwhelming favorites. If anybody's in Montgomery County wants more information, where do they get it? MC MCGOP website, Montgomery County Republican Party. It'll you put that in Google, it'll come up right away. All right, Mark Unkovich, thanks for joining us. Good to see you. He's going to take off. Um,
0: and again, that shows you how loud it still is in this room. I was basically yelling at Mark and holding the mic, <laughs> and he was barely able to hear. Yeah, it. I was I was riding the knob Thank there. You. Hopefully
1: that uh, hopefully that worked out well for everybody. But yeah, it's like they turned the music way up. By the way,
0: yeah, that's that's the uh, okay. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Is the sign, I think. That's uh, they haven't turned the lights on yet. That's
1: uh, guys. I think your last segment of the podcast is happening right now. <laughs>
0: You guys are trying to record stuff. Let's turn it up louder.
1: Yeah. Let's see if it goes to eleven. Is there some guy standing on a table? What is going on? Over
0: I, I think he's. he's her- I think he's deconstructing equipment. Oh, not okay. just All right. Not just some not random, just random jabroni one. just standing. And by up. the way,
1: you can't say enough about the the uh, campaign staff. They've been unbelievable. We got to see some of. We got to see our friend Doug Mayer here. Haven't had a chance to talk to him yet. Hopefully, we'll do that when we finish up. But. They did a fantastic job. I mean, we came in as always. As I said when they were running through what they were going to do, it went off without a hitch. Could not have gone any better. Um, everything, everything coordinated perfectly. The people standing behind them—it's like they brought them out of Central Casting and sent them up there. It was—it was great, and the crowd was great, and everything was great. And.
0: And again, it's a great contrast to the Democratic events that we've seen, which just
1: yeah are just there were more bushier than saw Dave Chappelle and Bernie Sanders put together. Yes, times five. Yes, they are. Um, and, that, and and I love the governor, but that probably shouldn't have been the case. <laughs> <laughs> if if those guys were doing their job,
0: I don't I don't think many stand up comics are going to come to an event for uh,
1: going to come to an event for the governor. That's okay. Maybe Larry the Cable Guy. Oh, he would totally do. But I don't know if that's who he wants, though. I mean, and maybe at a certain time and place. You know, that's you a perfect know, question. Is, we can. Is, this is Maryland.
0: This so. is a perfect use of Twitter right here. We'll just ask him.
1: <laughs> but I tell you what, if he did come here, he would have been mic'd perfectly. He would have been lit perfectly. He'd have had the greatest crowd he ever performed in front of. We would have
0: gotten him on this Fakakta show.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> so, you know. Pretty sure
0: that might be our
1: target audience. Some of it, absolutely. Get her done. Get her done. My voice is shot. My voice is almost shot. Really? No, not quite.
0: Okay. I, I was going to say
1: I'm trying to be dramatic here. We're trying to okay. create something here. Uh,
0: there's a gentleman walking around with some sort of like medals on his jacket, and I'm very Good. curious.
1: Good. Good. Uh, there's always s- exciting people at these events. And uh, yeah,
0: um, I did see Secretary, Cabinet Secretary Mike Leahy
1: Yes, he walked by. Yes. Secretary of and IT. And his lovely wife. Um, have you completed your tasks? I, I have a reputation for not following through on tasks. The, uh, one, day, one day she'll tell me what those were. Why our National Committee man Evan She's Young's still denies, here. I still have that email. She's, you brought it up. I have to say this. She <laughs> denies she ever sent the email. I still have the email. Yes, you do. I've seen it. I have seen the email. Oh, I still have it. <laughs> she spells my name wrong, but she knows that I don't follow through on tasks. Uh, anyway, it's fun. It's fun. There are still well, like 400
0: well, it, people here. It's ridiculous.
1: Yeah, and it feels like it it feels like it emptied out, but you're right, there's still tons of people. Yeah, I mean it is just pedophile. By the way, the temp it's hot outside, it's hot and steamy outside. Perfectly comfortable in here. I'm in a shirt and tie. Yeah, Greg's overdressed. And uh, probably. And it's perfectly comfortable.
0: I am not in a shirt and tie. You're I am not in, I am in I'm wearing my usual summer uniform. Short sandals. I,
1: the, I don't think I've seen this shirt. Is this a new shirt I did. are um, No, it's
0: not. I just happened to wear a polo shirt okay. instead of a T-shirt. Just because I thought, let's class it up a little bit. I even got new sandals.
1: Okay. But that's right. because my, my my old sandals broke on my trip. So On your trip to Canada? On my trip to Canada, yes. Okay. Do we want to talk about that? Can you disclose what it... I mean, you have to admit, it was quite a coincidence. You're in Canada, right as this, you know, this tete-a-tete between the president and the... Uh, what let do, they have, let me, what let do they, they have in Canada? Prime Minister? What do they, they have? They do. Okay.
0: And in Manitoba, it's the premier of Manitoba. Okay. Um, I will tell you that not a single person gives a damn about what Trump said in Canada. It was never on the news. Nobody talked about it. I, yeah, I did text it you. Is you. A, I did text you if It you is heard a anything. nothing burger that I think pretty sure only people on the left on the internet care
1: about. Yeah. Like most
0: things with the president.
1: I it, it was kind, I found it kind of amusing but it but it's look it's, it's the state of our politics today But
0: again I sat in on a session of the Manitoba Legislative Assembly Yes and it was the same old high level government meeting And it was yes. the same crap that happens here you had people complaining about who said what to who and investigations about comments made and the speaker of the legislative assembly threatened to throw out a paraplegic member for being oh, wow. rude and it was it was it was yeah. kind of like being at home, <laughs> you know. Nonsense politics. That's all I saw. I didn't get to see any actual debate. It was just motions of privilege and people being mad at each other.
1: Okay. Well, maybe that's for the best because they they have a very leftward government up there.
0: Well, the the it's a conservative government in Manitoba. Okay. And Ontario just elected a conservative government
1: with that's ro- that's- with, ro- with with the with, Canadian concern with the old
0: mayor of Toronto. Remember Rob Ford is, ma- is the, the mayor of Toronto. The cocaine and everything. Right. He died. But he passed away, but his brother is the new premier of
1: Ontario. Oh, good. So cocaine's a hell of a drug. Bringing it back to Dave Chappelle. Very true. Very true. <laughs> um, <laughs> maybe that could be part of uh, part of the, the uh, Ben Jealous drug program. Is cocaine's a hell well, of a drug? I'm
0: pretty sure it already is. That I'm not. I'm
1: not saying that facetiously, given how he's basically hardcore decrim. I don't know how else he could be. I mean, it's so weird he wants to cut $660 million out of public safety and let people out of jail. I mean, far, and look, we've had criminal justice reform. The governor has worked with the Democrats right. and had bipartisan criminal justice reform for a couple of years. Some of that is already happening. We have a whole other bail Michigas, which is another issue, which is something we'll talk about with Fred Wolf. I talked about it when I interviewed him before on Election Focus. So it's not like none of that's already happening. The idea that you could go a lot further with it and get any more benefit is just crazy.
0: Uh, yeah, but again, you have people who assume that you know that criminal justice at uh, incarcerating people who commit crimes is a bad
1: thing. You mean, like mm-hmm. a, you mean like a, uh, a war on black, a criminalizing black bodies or a racist war on drugs, that kind of thing? Something like that, yes. yes. Um, I've heard about that.
0: I, I have also heard about that.
1: Meanwhile, some guy like Jim Shea, in the, in the most recent debate, said most violent criminals are already on probation and parole. The system's broken. Yes. It would seem that the obvious solution from that, you know, following that uh, theory of whatever they call that, Following that line of thinking would be keeping them in jail, but that I don't think that's where the rest of the field is. No, they? for sure.
0: They're not seen to be there with that. No. Um, Greg, maybe it's time we wrap it up. I think we should wrap it up. Thank you to everybody here at the Hogan campaign for great. For, for helping that's out great. with this. Um, it's a hell of an event. If you missed it, uh, if you didn't get to see it in person, you can go to facebookcom slash Maryland, watch the video. Yes, uh, and we'll post it at redmaryland.com as well. The home base for all things Red Maryland, by the way. Um, we have our candidate surveys. We've got all our primary election coverage, all the news that fits print at redmaryland.com. If you haven't already subscribed to Red Maryland Network programming, it's available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iTunes, uh, which is also the same as Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, the TuneIn Radio app, and Google Play. You can subscribe to the Red Maryland newsletter. Follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Red Maryland. Follow us on Twitter at Red Maryland, Instagram at Red Maryland. You are the force multiplier. That helps spread the good news of conservatism. You can listen to Red Maryland Network Programming on Sundays. It's the air raid with yours truly. Thursday, Greg and I are back with a new episode of the flagship Red Maryland Radio. We'll be interviewing uh, Circuit Court Judge Mark Crooks, who's running for a full term on the court, as well as providing Red Maryland poll results this week. Uh, Next weekend, Greg's back with a new episode of Red Maryland Election Focus. And again, thank you very much for listening. Go to the home base for all things Red Maryland, redmaryland.com. You can email us at redmaryland at gmail.com. Call us at the talkback line, 410-205-4875. What's that number? 410-205-4875. And we will play your feedback on the air. The more negative, the better. For everybody here at the Red Maryland Network, thank you very much for listening. For great Klein, I'm Brian Gullis. You have been listening to a special edition of Red Maryland Radio on the Red Maryland Network.